Merry Christmas, everybody. Since uh, Father reminded us, we are still in the middle of the Christmas season. Even though New Year's over and the secular world has already taken down all the trimmings and trappings of Christmas, we are in the middle of the Christmas season. You can think of the Christmas season as a, a triptych with our celebration of Christ's nativity on one side, which we celebrate with the whole octave of Christmas that goes from Christmas Day all the way into the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, that we celebrate on New Year's Day. And then on the other side of the triptych, we have the the feast of the baptism of the Lord, and that's the end of the Christmas season that we'll celebrate next week. And then right in the middle, that's where we are today, the feast of the epiphany of the Lord. And this placement of the epiphany right in the middle of the Christmas season, that's no accident. Because in a very real way, Christmas is the epiphany season. Christmas is the epiphany season. Epiphany is a revelation. That's what the word means. It means a making known, a revealing of a previously hidden truth. And so what we celebrate On the Feast of the Epiphany, it's not just the wise men coming from the East with their gifts. That's just one part of the larger Epiphany, that making known of the Lord that's the central message of Christmas. So if you go back and if you read the Gospels beginning Christmas Day, and you read them through this lens of Epiphany, you'll see they're all about the making known of the Lord. The gospel reading at the midnight mass tells of the angels making known to the shepherds a savior has been born in the city of David who will be for all the people. And then at the mass at dawn, that same gospel passage continues with the shepherds saying, let us go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. And then when they find Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, the gospel says they made known the message that had been told to them about this child. And then during the Mass on Christmas Day, we sing Psalm 98, which says the Lord has made his salvation known. Christmas is all about epiphany. It's all about making known what was hidden. In this case, what's being made known is the good news of the incarnation, that Christ is Emmanuel, God is with us. But when did that happen? It didn't happen at Christmas. That's when Christ was born. That's not the incarnation. The incarnation happened nine months earlier when the word of God was conceived by the Holy Spirit and became man. And we celebrate that on the Feast of the Annunciation on March 25th. So if the Incarnation is actually celebrated on March 25th, why does Christmas get such fanfare? Because even though God was with us, he was Emmanuel in the world, his presence was still hidden in his mother's womb. And expectant parents know how this is, right? You, become, you know that you become parents not when your child is born, but from the moment your child is conceived. 
And all during that pregnancy, you know there's a baby in there, right? You might even know if it's a boy or a girl. Maybe you've even seen pictures of your child's face on one of those cool 4D ultrasounds, right? So you know you have a child, but you don't really know your child. You haven't met that child yet. And so there's great anticipation around the day of that child's birth because you finally get to meet this little person who's already been a member of your family for nine months. After they're born, you get to know them. And that's why we celebrate Christ's birth in such a special way, because it's an epiphany. Christ is being made known to the world. Mary and Joseph can finally look into his eyes and hold his little hands in their hands. Emmanuel is with us. And this epiphany is not limited just to his parents. When the angels proclaim the birth of a savior to the shepherds, that's their epiphany, Christ being made known to them. And we can follow this thread of the Lord being made known all the way through the Christmas season, right up until the baptism of the Lord that we'll celebrate next Sunday, when Christ's public ministry is ushered in with a great epiphany from the Father himself, saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Father makes known who Jesus is. So what does it mean to know the Lord? Knowing Christ is not just an academic exercise for theologians. Just like an expectant parent knows that they have a child before that child is born, but doesn't get to know the child until after they're born, we're supposed to get to know Christ in that latter sense. In the language of the Bible, to know someone means to have an intimate friendship with them. And this this intimate knowledge of another person finds its highest expression in the marital covenant. For example, when Adam knew his wife and she bore a son, God wants to be known by us in this way, in this intimate, personal way. And that's why he most often speaks of his covenant with us in the terms of marriage. To know the Lord is a a matter of profound communion. And so when the Lord announces his presence, that's an invitation to us to know him. It's like when the ghost of Christmas present in the Christmas carol says to Scrooge, come in and know me better, man. It's that invitation. And that invitation to know the Lord is not just limited to Israel. And this is part of the great epiphany that we celebrate today in the psalm that we just proclaimed. We said that every nation on earth will adore him. Every nation on earth will adore him. And that's why it's so significant that Matthew tells us that the wise men come from the east. He doesn't say where they came from specifically. He just says from the east. And the east might be Persia or it might be Arabia. It really doesn't matter. What matters is they're from somewhere else. They're not part of the chosen people. But nevertheless, Christ has been made known to them. Their epiphany, their revelation, was the light of a star 
that led them to Christ. Christ is the light of the human race. Isaiah's prophecy that we read today has been fulfilled. God's light shines from Jerusalem over all the world. Christ has sent his apostles out with a great commission to make disciples of all nations. So that epiphany that began at Christmas has never ended. Emmanuel, God with us, is still being made known. He was made known by the angels to the shepherds at his birth. He was made known by a star to the magi. And he's been made known to us by parents, by catechists, by pastors, by preachers. We're all here because we have received our own epiphany. We've all received that invitation to come and know the Lord. What has our response been to that invitation? Well, when the birth of Christ was made known to Herod, the gospel says he was greatly troubled. Why? Herod received the news of Christ as a threat, as a threat to his status, to his power, to his comfort. He didn't want to acknowledge Christ as king because he wanted to be king. And don't you and I often respond in the same way to the good news of Jesus Christ? Don't we sometimes feel troubled by Christ's message? When we do, it's for the same reason that King Herod felt troubled. Because we also perceive it as a threat. We're afraid, like Herod was afraid. Herod thought he was a strong king, but he was afraid. He was afraid to come down off his throne and acknowledge this small child as king and lord because it would mean giving up his kingship. But did Herod have to be afraid? What would have happened if he had left his palace and come and prostrated himself before this child in the manger? He would have received forgiveness. He would have received a blessing. He didn't have anything to fear. But we can be that same way. We can be afraid to acknowledge Christ as king in our lives because we want to be kings and queens of our own lives. We're afraid of what we might have to give up if we climb down off our thrones and acknowledge Christ as Lord. Fear led Herod to order the slaughter of every male child in his kingdom under the age of two. Fear can lead us to do very harmful things to ourselves, to those we love, to those around us. As Father reminded us before Mass in January, we recognize the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Every mother who's aborted her child has done that from a place of fear. Every father who has encouraged the mother of his child to do the same has come from a place of fear. Every time we refuse to repent from a sin that we've grown attached to, it's because we're afraid of losing something. But we don't need to be afraid. If we come down off of our thrones and we acknowledge Christ as Lord, we will find blessing there and forgiveness and healing. Maybe that's where some of us are right now. Maybe 
Christ was made known to us a long time ago, but something about that knowledge of Christ troubled us, and we didn't respond to that invitation to come and know him, at least not fully. Or maybe we've known him in the academic sense, but not in that intimate, personal sense that God desires of us. Maybe we find Jesus interesting. Maybe we like learning about him, but we haven't really come to know him as a friend. If that's where you are today, then may today be a new epiphany for you, a new invitation to come and know the Lord. Now, by contrast, we can look at the Magi. When they had their epiphany, when they saw the star, the gospel says they were overjoyed. They were overjoyed. And the difference is they were not afraid. They sought Jesus out. They came to find him. They did him homage. They offered him gifts. And this is how you and I ought to respond to God's revelation, with joy and with action. To say yes to that invitation. The Magi left their homes and they embarked on a journey. They went out and they sought the Lord so they could pay him homage. And we need to do the same thing. We should be willing to leave our homes. Maybe not literally. But we need to to leave the homes of whatever comfort zones we've established for ourselves. That we've kind of settled into. So that we can embark on our journey of faith. To discover who Christ is to draw close to him. And then when we find him, when we come to pay him homage and to offer him our gifts, the Magi offered him gold and frankincense and myrrh, these symbolic gifts that represented not only his kingship, but also the death that he was to suffer for us. We don't need to bring him gold and frankincense and myrrh We have something even better to offer. The best gift that we can give to our Lord is our heart. That's what the baby Jesus wants for Christmas. He wants your heart. That's on his list. It's at the top of his list. That's all he ever wants. He just wants us. He wants our love. He wants to be known by us. The Christmas season will officially end next Sunday with the baptism of the Lord. But the season of epiphany never ends. The Lord has made himself known. Let us make him known to others. Let's pass along that great gift and blessing that is the knowledge of Christ. The knowledge of God with us. That knowledge that today is born a Savior. Christ the Lord. Let us make him known to the ends of the earth.